Welcome to On Living, the Trauma and Beauty of Being Human with Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Have you ever asked yourself what it means to be human? What does it mean to be fully alive? What does it take to love, to really connect with another human being? How do we fully engage with and honor the humanity in us? It's time to really talk, listen to, and connect with one another. Come join in the conversation with your host, Dr. Leanne Nguyen. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Leanne Nguyen, indeed. I welcome you back into the conversation about living and being human. You know, today we're hitting the three-month mark, the end of my pilot run with Voice America, and I have agreed to continue on uh, through the rest of the year. So more time, it's a luxury, but more time is also a daunting prospect, especially when that luxury comes with a known ending, when that luxury comes with total freedom of choice. It is like life itself, isn't it? Infinite possibilities within the limits of mortality and that human intercourse. You have this time to do whatever you want, to say whatever you want with whomever you want, but know that it will end and that you won't be able to step back in the same river of time again, that once the conversation ends, you won't be able to relive it. So in doing this radio conversation, I've had to deal with um, an existential question, you know, what am I doing this for? What is the purpose of this endeavor? And from this existential questioning, inevitably comes the related ethical question. What of myself am I giving to this project? What do I need to make contact with? Why am I doing this? And what, what is the responsibility that I have towards myself, towards you to whom I speak? Now, I'm proposing that these questions are fundamental to your life as well, to any life. These questions can be posed as a guide to any endeavor in our living because they help ground us in a mindfulness of purpose and desire and help keep us disciplined and honest in the impact that we aim to have on the other person, on the world, and ultimately on ourselves. Because each moment that we live adds up to a life. Each step that we take adds up to a path. And each desire that we follow adds up to a relationship Each fear that we bow to adds up to an alley of safety, but also of darkness and staleness. And each person that we encounter can either open up a new discovery or bring us back to an old wound. It depends on how heartfully, mindfully, fearlessly we step into what life proposes to us. How we engage in living, the purpose, the passion, or the fearfulness, the confusion, That's what separates us from one another. What distinguishes one life from another? What separates us from animals who are conditioned to pursue only the aim of physical survival? So I've been saying on this show that how we live our wounds, where we let the woundings of life, you know, this this unpredictable, ruthless life with its random gifts and blows, how we let life touch us, that is what makes us different from one another. That, I realized after talking to my guests so far and to some of you off the air, is what makes our humanity. 
over the past three months, the guests that I had come on um, come from different walks of life, bearing different kinds of knowledge and life experiences. And I discovered after each conversation that what really had drawn me to them indeed was the engagement, the heartfulness that they brought to their work, their living. And many of you, through your feedback, confirmed my intuition. When you say that you learn so much from the flow of the conversation between me and them, when you say that you learned unexpected things, you learned something about yourself just from listening to them talk, or that you just appreciated witnessing a form of intelligence at play, when you articulate to me these things, these intangible, unexpected things, you're telling me about the value of making contact with another human being another mind of making contact with life. And you confirm for me my religious belief, really, which is that every mind is a wonder worth knowing and cherishing, that every life is worth knowing and celebrating, that every human being is worth knowing and loving if we take the time to be with them, if we have the space to look and listen and speak, if we have the support, if we are offered the resources to bring our desire and curiosity and our heart and mind to hear and to see what is in front of us, to receive what comes from the other human being in front of us. If we can do all of that, we can make contact with one another, with ourselves, with life, and from such contact, life itself will happen. Your feedback about my conversations with my guests confirm for me that contact happens when one human can speak to another with heart and mind, and that when one human agrees to be fully engaged, fully present, agrees to offer his presence to another, understanding and appreciation, even love, will happen from that. Now, All of my guests know something deeply about the subject of their work, but I did not approach them with an invitation to share their expertise, really. I specifically stated that I wanted them to share their own personal observations about the project of living, not proven theories, not answers or expertise, but to share their being and knowing. Now, I have to tell you that a few people turned me down with the reason that they don't feel that there is a good match between their contributions and my question, that they don't have the mental space right now to engage, that engaging in the question does not fall within the purview of what they do. My network director was tearing her hair out, you know. She kept asking, like, why, how, in this day and age where everybody wants exposure and a chance to be known, How can these people turn down the chance to talk about themselves for a whole hour on the internet to the whole world? Well, my answer is precisely that. They have to talk about themselves. I ask them to talk about what they know, what they think of the human condition, how they feel at a personal level. You cannot bullshit your way into this conversation. You cannot rely on sound bites. So who would want to do that? In this day and age of clicking and branding and posting without really speaking, of following without recognizing, liking without really taking the person into your being, showing without revealing, who would want to show the workings of his mind to let others witness his living and being? 
Because there is a risk that is greater than the risk of not being seen, of not being heard. It is the risk of actually being seen, of being touched and being moved by another. I think that in our era of digital connection, people are afraid of revealing their deep being. We have forgotten the challenge and the beauty of making deep contact with one another in a way that is true intercourse, in a way where we let the other person penetrate and move our core, and vice versa, trying to reach into the other person's core. When someone says, not just to my invitation, but, but in life, you know, I don't have time, I cannot be bothered, I don't see a match, I don't see what is in it for me to talk to you. When they say that, they're showing the limit of their emotional imagination and the restrictions of their ethical responsibility toward themselves. What do I mean by that? Ethical responsibility towards ourselves. It is a responsibility to stay open to life, to other human beings, to oneself. Because if you neglect that responsibility, if you degrade that, then you shut out the chance of being moved and touched, yes, even wounded, by the world outside of your little self. If you decide peremptorily on the value of the encounter with another human being, on the merits and the gains of contact with another, then the house that is your being will gradually turn into a dungeon. We're gifted with language so that we can talk to one another and help us discover each other. And in that intercourse, get to know ourselves. So when you turn that down, you do violence to the gift of language, to the gift of connection. Now, what, what do you think of the guests who accepted my invitation? The comments that I got are, for example, that they're real and thoughtful, intelligent, passionate beings, full of presence. <clears throat> These guests have a lot to say about whatever topic was at hand, but it's not the content of their knowledge that was impressive. It's the process through which they came to know what they know, to do what they do, that moved us in these conversations. And the experience of their engaging in the conversation that was appreciated by you. And so, by the way, do not go by the content uh, of the episode summary that's posted on the page when you decide to whether to skip or to click on the um, on the listening. The experience of being, of listening to another person cannot be summarized in the post. It has to be found out and had directly by you. So those of you who listened, I bet you that what made an impression was the language with which these people spoke of their experience, a language of love, of conviction and humility which you cannot achieve if you have fear or doubt about what you are saying, about how you're living. And I bet you that what inspired you is the manner in which they lived out what they know of mankind and of their own humanity. Um, I look at the clock and I realize before the hour ends, I need to address the questions that come up at the point of renewing my commitment to the show, the questions of why this show and of, of how to inhabit this space with you, and of what of me am I offering? Um, I want to share with you two fragments of conversations that I had um, off the air on email. 
The first fragment is from a dialogue that I had with a very senior psychoanalyst. Um, he'd been in the field for over 50 years, and I met him at a particularly difficult time in my life when um, I was at, at risk of losing uh, my, my firstborn child in a brutal custody battle. And as a result of that, um, I let my guard down and um, let a very disturbed patient uh, nearly destroy me. Um, literally, that 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 patient ransacked my life and violated me to the core and almost devastated everything that I had built professionally. So when this happened to me, I sought him out. And I was exactly at the age when my parents had given up on everything that they had built to go into exile once again, to start from scratch with their social and professional um, and economic life. And it was eerie that I was, in a way, repeating the family's history of devastation and exile, only now by my own hands, not by some uncontrollable political event. So I met this old man who helped me figure out the story that was unfolding in this clinical encounter with the, the very disturbed patient. He helped to see how history, if not understood, will repeat itself. He helped me see how in the self-destructiveness of, of the, the, the clinical uh, mistake that I made uh, were acted out important pieces of my own traumatic history. What you don't want to remember Life somehow will find a way to force you to reckon with, you know. What you don't want to learn about yourself, life will conspire to set up lessons that will help you, will force you to learn again and again until you get it. <laughs> so the choice is to weep about a misfortune and fall on your knees or to mourn the loss that you, can, that you have suffered and then stand up, accept the lesson and walk into the storm to find your center and emerge on the other side, damaged but not diminished, different from what you could have been but not a shadow of yourself, aware of the violence among mankind but not afraid and still having faith. So my work with this old man helped me grasp all of that. He um, summarized it. You know, he sent me off um, with a summary that was very pithy. He said, find the manure in the shit. <laughs> well, it, I, I liked, you know, the paraphrase of that by uh, the poet and prophet Rumi much better, who said, you know, amidst the ruins, there are treasures. We just have to be patient and committed enough to find the treasures. The treasure for me was uh, much later on the decision to have a second child on my own amidst the undoing of myself, of my life, of my relationships. I was forced to find a way to who I could be or maybe the way back to who I truly was and had forgotten. And uh, the treasure was to realize that the person that I am, that person is someone who can build amidst the ruins not just survive, but build, someone who believes and creates, someone who is not exiled, but is on a journey. Hey, I made another baby, <laughs> for God's sake. More seriously, years later, the treasure is the opportunity to sit here and talk to you on this show. 
Now, you should know that in the interval about this man, that his beloved wife um, had unexpectedly died of a gross medical error. And uh, one of his daughters soon after that also died of a long battle with recurring cancer. But he kept working and being there for me. We kept in touch. When my second child was born, this is a message that he sent. Welcome to this world. I hope it will be a better one than the one you might have come from. You're born to a mother who loves you very much, and you also have a big sister to take care of you as well. Keep in mind that not all adults are as wise as you. They are big and you are small in stature, but not necessarily in wisdom. We are born wise and are taught how to be stupid. Do not believe everything you hear or eventually read. Do not accept received wisdom blindly and accept only that which makes sense to you. Ask questions and learn and explore this universe you have been born into. Welcome aboard, baby. That was a wonderful gift, isn't it? And so when I started the show, I reached out to him and asked him to join me uh, in conversation. 90 years of living, he would probably have a lot to say, I told him. We talked over a few months about this possibility, and um, he finally sent me a long message. And I, I want to share it with you in the guise of the conversation that he and I could have had um, on the air. But... Um, Let me just take a pause for now for a brief break, and I will uh, read to you what he wrote to me in lieu of the interview that we could have had. All right? I'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world, across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. All right, I'm back, everybody. Welcome back. So I said that I wanted to read to you this this um, this letter, this this exchange with a very old man, a very senior psychoanalyst that I was in dialogue with off the air, um, and I wanted to get to know uh, of his experience and observations and thoughts about uh, what it means to to be alive. Um, and he turned me down, but um, what he wrote to me could stand um, in, in value of the conversation that we could have had. Dear Leon, what does it mean to be human? Or what is a human? And are all humans human? Do all of our species of Homo sapiens become human? How do we define it? How do we define human? How do we mean humane? Not all of us have the time and opportunity to develop as far as we are capable. What does it take to become and to be human or humane? What does humane mean? It is a concept and a set of beliefs and values and how we see ourselves in this world or in this universe. To me, and I do not represent all of humanity, I can only define it for myself. Others have very different ideas about what it means to be human. I was brought up in a home and in a culture which lived by values and behaviors that were often not stated clearly and openly, but were lived in deeds and behavior. I grew up in the values and beliefs of Judaism, of Judaic values, specifically of values and ways of being of the Sephardic Jews, Jews who lived in Spain for centuries before Christ, a proud people, humble but often as epitomized for me by my father and my elders, men of integrity, honor, and courage. It was as if Don Quixote was Jewish. By the way, I speak the language of Cervantes. We in our clan lived by a few mantras. One, treat others the way you wish to be treated. Two, love thy neighbor as thyself. Three, do not do unto others what you would hate have done to you. Four, love mercy and do justice. Walk humbly, sorry, walk humbly but proud, not with pride, but proud. Leanne, you can find these values in other religious and cultural belief systems. They are in the Bible. I did not learn them from a book or was taught them. I just saw that that was the way my father behaved. I followed blindly in his footsteps. It is hard to get out of those deep trails if you're not aware of them consciously. What is it? Identification? Imprinting? All of the above and more. Especially if it was based upon love and respect. Not only by me, 
but by the rest of my family and clan. Now, to be able to live that way, you had to have had the opportunity to do so. By that, I mean you did not have to spend all of your life having to search for food and shelter. You did not have to live since birth with parents who had lived with parents who had struggled to survive physically over generations. It takes time and security to grow into a humane homo sapien. It takes time, safety, and security to have the ability to care for others, other than your own. If you grow up in a field of chronic anxiety, hunger, and fear for generations, you do not have the chance to develop humanness. You have to have a surplus in order to share with anyone who does not share your genes. So what does it mean to be human? There are animals who seem to display more humanness, or what we call humaneness, than many homo sapiens do. Animals can display courage, loyalty, love, caring, and integrity. And we are not the only species that can do that. Even trees seem to care for and nourish other trees in need. They, too, can share with their own. And they, too, like us, compete with the other. What is it that drives us and them to behave in that fashion? I think it comes down to our genes, who use any living thing in which they can in order to survive and to replicate for multiple generations, thousands of years, it seems. I think that it does not meet any of my needs to be interviewed publicly on your program. I'm more than willing to talk to you person to person and to share my feelings and beliefs with you about our humanity. At age 90, I'm ashamed and disgusted by my species. We have behaved towards one another in ways that only insects do, mainly ants and termites. Only they kill one another in the millions. I have no need to share my deepest beliefs with strangers, with people I do not know. I have little hope for the survival of mankind. I do not think we deserve this beautiful planet. I have little doubt, like so many other species, that we too will become extinct. But unlike them, it will be through our own self-destructiveness and not by external causes. It may seem to you, Leon, that you might come to the conclusion that my views are quite pessimistic. They are, but my ideas are not original. I refer you to Noah Chomsky, whose major thesis is that what we think of as human intelligence is really a quote-unquote lethal mutation. Whether it is or not, it is quite clear that throughout our history on this planet, our advanced intelligence has been used in the service of our primitive brain. We have learned ways of destroying one another more efficiently. You, Leanne, are here because you are a victim of that intelligence. Our civilized nation, the United States of America, did its best to destroy your country of origin, Vietnam. Germany was once the leading cultural nation in Europe, as was France. In World War I, they ran out of children 
to send into the slaughterhouse of the trenches. So they had to take a break, a rest period of 20 years to grow a new generation of boys to go out and continue the insanity. We call that World War II. Overall, we killed about 70 millions of one another. My grandfather died on his way to a camp where he was to be gassed by the Nazis. All the rest of his community were slaughtered at Treblinka. My ideas and thoughts stem from trauma, the trauma of my people, just like you. These are some of my thoughts about what it means to be human. If we do not develop or evolve more quickly, where the fittest are those who can cooperate and not compete, then I and others have little hope for the survival of our species. These are my most reluctant beliefs. I do hope that there is hope. You have hope. Keep it up. Keep the flame of hope alive. Old men like me may have run out of it. Leanne, it's not in my interest to be on your program. I have to preserve whatever I have left of my life to be there for others that I know and care about, and that includes you. Call me whenever you wish, but I will not be in touch any longer unless you wish to. That's the end of our um, letter writing. Now, I share his views that we are a destructive and self-destructive species. How can anyone not agree when we look around and out at the world? But obviously, he and I do not share the same um, resolution or the same responsiveness towards the the madness that has been going on. You know, he, the 90-year-old great-grandfather, who had been through two world wars, lost a wife and daughter, who had to kill in order to survive, and who now needs to save his energy for grief. And I, the 50-year-old refugee from Vietnam and, and single mother of two young kids who had been violated and nearly destroyed, but who believes that there are treasures amidst the ruins to be found in the connection with other human beings. He and I are different. One main difference between him, the senior psychoanalyst, and I, the patient, is that that's it that I am the patient. <laughs> I just realized it now. You know, I am patient. I'm willing to wait it out. <clears throat> I just realized now, because I've always wondered, you know, why do we call, why people who come to see us, um, psychologists and, 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 and shrinks, why do we call them patient, you know? And I realize now, it's amazing, because they are patient. They have not given up. They are still willing to look to wait, to look, to find the answer, to wait for the treasures of life. Um, here's another fragment of an exchange that I had off the air with a gay man uh, from Brazil. I, I worked with him many, many years ago after he escaped um, the relentless degradation of homophobia in his native country. And um, he very kindly and, and beautifully wrote to me on and off after the show started. <clears throat> he said, Dear Dr. Leon, you put the words together in a way that we could experience the swimming in that ocean of mystery. 
suffering, hope, reflection, compassion, survival, all that, all of that which makes us human. We are the most beautiful part of God's creation. We received the gift of freedom, the power to control, I mean, sorry, the power and control to enjoy, to experience and explore life in such a way that only humans can. However, many of us are facing restrictions imposed by those who do not seem to understand the meaning of being human. Humans' gifts could be used as support to understand, to care, and offer kindness to each other during this complex journey of being unique, being different, and yet being equally human. Your professional interactions in my life certainly helped me like a light in the dark that gave me back the sense of direction when I had that feeling of walking alone and scared. I bet you don't hear that recognition often, perhaps because of professional protocols between patients and doctors. I know you, as the professional, are trained to hear us, but how rich and interesting it was to be on the other side hearing you talking a bit about yourself. I believe in a God that is always walking with us, especially during our lives' trials. He also does use people's, other people's life experiences to help and restore uh, many others' lives through one particular person. I hope my feedback will contribute a little bit to encourage you in the continuation of your radio show leading as many people as possible to moments of reflections about what is the meaning and purpose of being human. That's the end of his letter to me. I'm going to uh, break for now because I don't want to be interrupted in what I want to say to you next. So let me break for now for a few minutes and I'll come right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Do you ever feel that you need to make changes but don't know how? Ever wish for someone who can help you find true purpose and make new choices? Dr. Nguyen is this person. Her passion is to help people bridge the gap between where they are and where they want to be. With Dr. Nguyen, you will enter a conversation that is unlike any other. You will make contact with yourself at a depth you never thought you could. You will give yourself an encounter with new thoughts, deep questions, and a renewed faith in your birthright to live the life you are meant to live. Dr. Nguyen's practice has been available to people from all over the world across cultures and identities. She has built it as a lighthouse and a safe haven to give the deep support and clarity so you can fulfill the promise that you once made to yourself to live your purpose. Whether you are in New York City or anywhere in the world, visit her at drleanne.com. You can also contact her for a free consultation in person or on Skype. The website again is drleanh.com. Are you finding your frequency? 
It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to On Living. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to ldnewin.phd at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Leanne Nguyen. All right, everyone. I come back. Um, I must confess, it's a little bit disconcerting to be talking nonstop by myself. And I hope that um, I'm finding you all out there <laughs> in space. Now, why did I read these uh, these, these letters um, to you? Well, I, you know, I couldn't get these people on the air. Just just think about how how rich, how deep. Um, the conversations, you know, would have been, and I. So I wanted to to let you in on that a little bit, and also to you know remind myself of the so many different kinds of conversations that we can have with one another um, that can be so surprising um, and life changing, and um, also to let you know that. Um, my dear listeners, that this this show is my love letter to you. You know, because when when we speak to another human being, we reveal ourselves. Um, just like what what these men did, they reveal so much of themselves to me, and any silence uh, toward another person reveals what we are scared of, or conversely, you know, the depth of the unspoken desire that we are keeping private. And any gratitude that we express to another human being, like, you know, that that person from Brazil, any gratitude that we express to another actually reveals how we have been wounded and survived. Gratitude is a story of our own. You know, gratitude towards another person is, is, is a story of our own journey. So when we speak of, when we speak to another person, we actually really speak of ourselves. 
Now, these two men spoke to me with so much heart, and they really revealed a lot of their journey of living and their struggle with faith. But they also, they both issue a plea, you know. The plea is that let's not destroy our capacity. Let's not neglect and destroy our capacity to be the light for one another. So that's what I want this show to do, to be, to do honor to their, to their plea. I, I want this show to be a space where we can speak and discover one another, to discover ourselves, a space in which uh, we can speak um, and find ourselves in whichever way that, that we each need to. A space that supports the longing and effort that I know we all feel about the project of being human. Um, uh, that, that A space that would confirm the beauty that we have in each of us that we don't know most of the time how to claim. When uh, we were discussing the, the, the renewal of the show, the, the network director asked me to think about these questions, you know, because I was sort of undecided uh, about it and quite daunted, um, you know, desire and fear in equal measures. <laughs> so she said to me, you know, Leon, what is your product? What, what is your brand? Um, what, what is it that you want to do on this show that you want to push for in terms of the product and the branding on this show? And what is the call to action that you want your listeners to take after they listen to, to, to each show? <laughs> Um, I have to tell you that it took a long while for me to uh, to understand what the hell she was talking about in terms of branding. You know, it sounds quite painful. And I said to her, haven't I been hurt enough? Do you want to brand me now? But uh, so I had to think long and hard about it. And, uh, you know, the product of this show, my product, uh, it's you. It's it's us. It's it's myself. Um. And my brand, well, I would like for you to write back to me and let me know so that maybe I can help uh, package it and, and cultivate it better. But for now, as far as I know, my brand is my desire to connect with you. I really want to talk to you. I guess this is where I'm welcome to talk radio. And my call of action uh, toward you Seriously, it's, it's to go deeper into the question of what makes you human and to reflect on and share with one another and with me, please, what makes your life beautiful? What makes your life worth living? So that's that's my answer uh, to Sandra, my network director. Uh, so on a practical uh, level, I would love to hear from you. Uh, you know, let me know about where you want this conversation to go. Let me know about where the conversations um, thus far have taken you. So in in a couple of weeks, I am going to hold an open open call uh, hour on the show instead of doing a monologue or interviewing someone. I'm thinking at maybe um, uh, towards uh, July, July 26, that episode will be you and me. So please uh, email me or you can call in on the hour. 
um, or Facebook me. I finally got a Facebook account. I don't know what to do with it. I, I don't know what to say to you so that you can get on the thing or link in. Or I, but I trust that those of you who really want to reach me would know. <laughs> but all I have to say is that I'm on Facebook. <laughs> Oh dear, you know, uh, in the start of the show, I, I was uh, analogizing um, doing this show to zip lining. You know, I mean, I, when I do, when I talk to my my beloved patients, uh, it feels like swimming in the open sea. You know, when I'm totally immersed and really held, uh, no matter how rough the waters are, I am held uh, by by my uh, by the other person's you know feelings and thoughts and dreams and 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 really uh, inside. And uh, we all, I always end up on some shore that's really rich and tremendously um, loving. And I was analogizing to the show to, to zip lining, you know, just like all harnessed up and uh, knowing where I need to land at the end of the hour, but but really having uh, no idea how it would feel and, and who's around and under and above and over there. But this Facebook thing, <laughs> it feels like I'm going bungee jumping. Um so please write to me or, or call me with your questions, comments, and your stories, please. Um, and uh, for the next few months, you know, I'm so excited about uh, about my conversations with more wonderful human beings. You know, the imam from the NYU Islamic Center has agreed to join me. Um, isn't it amazing, uh, to, you know, to live in, 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 in this world? You know, what does a Buddhist... Uh, clinical Vietnamese clinical psychologists uh, have to 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 ask um, an American-born imam uh, about about anything. Well, tune in and find out. I will tune in to myself to find out, and I also will have um, a wonderful lady uh, who is a doula, and 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 she will come and and talk about uh, the services and the mission that she has founded. You know, to help um, African American women, minority women, uh, produce healthy, happy babies. And I will also talk to uh, a, a, a lovely psychologist who devotes her time each year, I think, to go to Africa to help um, African women uh, do abortion for example. Um, and I am also preparing uh, a long series of conversations with uh, immigrants, my my well-loved, my beloved, my tribe, my immigrants. I, I want real people, real immigrants to have a chance to tell you about their real life experiences, of what not just what it means to them to be human, but what it's like to live as immigrants, legal or illegal, or awaiting to be legal in this country. Um, so that's the lineup. Now, uh, most immediately uh, for next week, um, I will be ziplining alone again. Uh, because uh, a few weeks ago, I said at the end of my interview with, with a friend of mine uh, about her work that I, I should put myself on the line. And instead of grilling people about, you know, the, the, the things, the undercurrents and, and the, the hopes and desires that drive their work, um, I should reveal a little bit, put myself on the line and reveal a little bit about what drove me um, to this point in my work, in my life. Um, and... 
so I will talk a little bit about my um, about my work. It's interesting, you know, that uh, the Brazilian gentleman uh, mentioned that in his letter, you know, about the the professional protocols between patients and doctors, where it's only one sided. Uh, that we psychologists or therapists are trained to only hear. Um, but what has been amazing t- for me is is to find out uh, that um, there's a lot of value, it seems, to people to hear the so-called professional speak. Uh, in other words, it's so it seems to be so valuable for people to to be able to grasp at, to apprehend the the humanity or the the, the humanness um, in the so-called professional. All right, so that's uh, what I will do next week. And between now and uh, the 26th of July, I hope to um, hear from you, you know, for ideas, suggestions, um, confidence about, um, uh, about your experience. Okay, I will take leave of you for now. And um, until we find each other again, I wish you a lot of joy. And um, I wish you, you know, the experience of, of being human. Find out and come back and tell me. All right. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for tuning to On Living, the trauma and beauty of being human. Please join Dr. Leanne Nguyen again next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And enjoy being alive.